Today is the 100th episode of Moments with Moni. Thank you so much for celebrating with me today. Today is an episode in Revelation chapter 10. And what better place to be on the 100th episode but in the book of Revelation. Let's go. I hope your Valentine's Day weekend was filled with opportunities to love others and to be loved. God loves you. If you were alone or feel alone, just know that he is always with you and he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. So you're never ever alone. Just turn to him and he will pour his heart out into you and let you know that you're loved. God is keeping my heart warm today and I'm also thankful for the electricity we have during this awful snowstorm. But I'm also thankful that it has warmed up enough to snow. Yes, the snow is insulating. It's been coming down and it looks like it's going to come down for another week or more. I hear most of the country is like that. We're kind of used to it up here in Idaho, but there's been talk of ice in Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, all down in that area. I'm sorry. You guys are probably not used to this. So let's hunker down inside and listen to God's word and be blessed by it. Because we know that Revelation is a book that actually comes with that blessing. If you read it, hear it, obey it, you will be blessed. So let's let God speak to our hearts through Revelation chapter 10 verses 1 through 11. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth, and cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roars, and when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had thundered and uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not, don't write them down. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to the heaven, and swear by him that liveth for ever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are therein, and are on the earth, and the things that therein are, and the sea, and the things which are in that, and that there should be time no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he has declared to his servants the prophets. And the voice which I heard from heaven spoke unto me again, and said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel, which stands upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, 
Take it and eat it up, and it shall make your belly bitter, but it shall be in your mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey, and as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, You must prophesy again before the many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Chapter 10 here begins with another interlude in the chronology of the book of Revelation. These visions apparently relate to the time period covered by the first six trumpets and also to the last half of the tribulation period. The mighty angel may be a strong angel or even Christ himself or the angel of the Lord. The description is similar to that of Christ in chapter 1, verses 13 to 16. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun, shining in full strength. Verse 1 tells us that there was another mighty angel that came down from heaven. This word another in English doesn't really explain it as well as the original language. This particular word another it can be translated in two different ways, meaning I'd like another one, a second one of the same, or a different one. In this case, the word is alos, which is meaning a different one, a different another. So the commentators can continue to disagree, but either way, if this is an angel, then the actual Lord God is going to be even stronger than this particular angel. Either way, let's listen up. In the hand of this angel, this mighty angel, was a, a little book, a small scroll, or a booklet that was open. And the angel was large enough to have his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth. And he was loud, with a loud voice, like a lion that roars. And when he had uttered his words, the seven thunders uttered their voices. These seven angels began to speak, and John, as he has been obedient the entire time, all of a sudden goes to write down what they're saying, but he is stopped. And he's told, don't write those down, seal that up. Those things that the seven thunders spoke about, do not write them down. Have you ever wondered what they might have said? I have, and many others have wondered about the same, and we can conjecture all we want, but we don't know. We won't know until in the course of due time, in the second half of the tribulation period that this is discussing, the whole world will find out what these seven voices, seven angels say. And then prophetically, after the 
seven angels speak in our future time during this second half of the tribulation. Verse 6 says, And they swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that are therein and on the earth and in the sea, and that there should be time no longer. So right after these angels utter what it is that God wants them to share with the entire earth, there will be time no longer. Time's up. Time's up, folks. In Greek, that time, that is an interval of time, no longer shall be. The martyrs here will have no more time to wait for the accomplishment of their prayers. Do you remember those that are under the throne, the, the uh, before the throne, under the crystal sea of glass? They're waiting for their prayers to be answered. Well, now is the time for the judgment of the earth, which shall remove their and God's foes from it. And this appointed season of time of delay is at an end. In the Greek here, it implies time shall end and eternity shall begin. These saints were told in Revelation 6, verse 11, Then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been killed. These were the tribulation martyrs that were waiting, waiting for the brothers and sisters to make it to heaven. But now time has come to an end, and there is no more time, no more mercy. Judgment is coming. It is in this day that the trumpet call that is sounded by the seventh angel, the voice, his voice, he will reveal the mystery of God, just as he announced it, as God announced it to his servants, the prophets. Through John, we were given a glimmer of what is to come from these seven angels. There is something a little bit more of a, a mystery that has not been revealed yet to us. It could be that John was allowed to keep this as something secret in our prophetic future so that perhaps our predictions would remain humble, perhaps keep Christians humble. And then there is the matter of this little book, the little scroll or a booklet that the mighty angel had in his hand. And John was instructed to take it from the angel, ask it of him. And as he did, he was told to eat it. This, of course, reminds me of the verse, Taste and see that the Lord, he is good. Well, this book, this little scroll that he swallowed, was very sweet in his mouth, tasted like honey. It's a wonderful thing. But... As he swallowed it, it made his stomach bitter, made him sick. And I know I've shared with you already, as I'm sharing these things that Revelation is revealing to us, or is sharing with us, that God is showing us through his word. It is a beautiful thing in chapters 2 and 3, where the church is spoken to by God. But as we dig deeper into the book of Revelation, it's a hard pill to swallow. 
it keeps me up at night thinking about all of those that may not get this message before they leave earth. Although, I guess that's not true because God said everyone, every soul will have an opportunity to make a decision for him. If it's not in the word of a spoken person, creation cries out to them and shows them there is a creator. Everyone has that opportunity. This scenario also reminds me of God's word being referred to as the bread of life and suggests that we feed our souls with the very word of God. And as we partake of the word of God, it shouldn't be as a plate of hors d'oeuvres from all over the book, a little here, a little there, or just the sweet things like a piece of cake, but truly digging in deeper to the meat of the Bible. And another point that stands out to me is that if we do not ingest the word of God, if it doesn't become a part of us, we can't proclaim it. Just like John, he was told to eat the word, to take it inside of him, and then he was given the declaration to speak in the future now through these words to all the peoples and the nations to proclaim it to the world, to all the tongues and all the kings. He says you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. And just like John, when we share these things with other people, we have confidence if we know God's word. As much as I would love for God's word to be all roses and rainbows, there is sweetness and there is bitterness as we share it with others. F.B. Meyer stated that the gospel is full of sweetness and delight in its first conception. The sense of peace with God the consciousness of pardon, sin, and acceptance in the beloved are like the music of heaven or the dew of paradise. But the cross cuts deep into the self-life as we carry the sentence of death in ourselves. We learn the necessity of being crucified with Christ. If we would ever enter into his resurrection joys, and so the word of God, which is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrates lower and lower, dividing soul and spirit, the joints and the marrow. Our Lord never concealed this from those who sought to be enrolled as his followers. But there is blessedness in the bitterness as springs of fresh water arising amidst the brine of the sea. Yeah, God has not kept this hidden. He told us too, count the cost. Before you decide to follow me, count the cost. People will mock you and revile you. Do you remember Noah when he started to build that ark? It had never rained before, before he built that boat. And here he's telling everyone it's going to rain. And it took, I think it was over a hundred years before that ark was finished. That's a lot of time for people to mock you. That's also a lot of time for a soul to get stronger and stronger and to trust God and to walk in his ways so that when these difficult times come, we can still lean on our beloved. I like, as he pronounced it here in um, his speech, the consciousness of pardon, sin, and acceptance in the beloved. Just as I shared through the Book of Song of Solomon, 
and the picture of Christ and his beloved between the Shulamite maiden and her beloved. To really grasp the book of Revelation, you need to know the other 65 books of the Bible. I don't have time to share them all, but I think now is a good time to reshare a rewriting of the maiden's soliloquy through the Song of Solomon, the book of Song of Solomon, where we get a picture of Jesus and our own heart as they relate to each other in a loving manner. As we mature from babes in Christ to teenagers to a mature bride of Christ. All the world has to offer me does not compare to the intimacy of our relationship. Full assurance of my beloved's forgiveness and the grace brings peace and joy to my heart. And when he draws me close, I enjoy our time together and rejoice for the promise of our future. Just the thought of your name, Jesus, heals my soul. No wonder so many love you. I realize my unworthiness before you and surrender my own will to yours. Yes, I am as dark as the black goat hair of the nomad tents in the desert, and yet to him I am as beautiful as the embroidered curtains in Solomon's temple. Others kept me hard at work on our vineyards, and I had no time to take care of myself as I should. I am weary from suffering at the hand of fellow believers who claim to be my family. Oh, my heart cries out to you. Oh, where can I find rest? As my shepherd speaks, he warns me to take care where I rest and learn of him. He encourages me to not sit among the false teachers or the false prophets, for they are guided by their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be reviled and distorted. As his fairest maiden, I am to remain close to his side and close to the flock. My beloved compares me to a company of Pharaoh's horses, which I'm sure is a wonderful thing and not as bad as it sounds. He praises my strength and agility and compares my beauty to that of jewels, gold, and silver. In the night, my beloved is close to my heart as we commune in prayer. The fragrance of his presence surrounds me. He is ravished with my beauty. As the morning dove sings to its mate for life, I only have eyes for him. Oh, I am at home in him. But the enemy surrounds me, and it is a struggle to keep focused on my beloved. The thorns leave me injured. My weakness is ever apparent. As I bow and surrender to my beloved and stand in him, I find strength. There are days that I am irritated or trampled, but thankful it is his sweet fragrance that fills the air as I am crushed. Oh, but the daughters of this world make it difficult. Through my weakness, the strength of my beloved shines strong. What a joy it becomes to lift my head in the comfort and warmth of the sun of righteousness, to reflect his beauty in a world filled with ugliness, can become dangerous. But I am eternally safe under his protection. I find my soul parched and lonely in this battle, but with great delight I find rest under your shadow. As I drink of you, 
I find your words sweet to my taste. I am refreshed as I feast at your banqueting table and surrounded by your love. I am safe in your embrace. I urge you, daughters of Jerusalem, now that my beloved and I are in close communion, don't stir up trouble. Please don't do anything that would grieve him or cause him to withdraw from me. Oh, listen, it is the voice of my beloved. He's coming. No matter the obstacles between us, he has and will always come for me. Oh, this wall that separates us is in the way again. It is you that sees through me and shows me a glimpse of yourself through the lattice. In his eyes, I am beautiful. My beloved has called me to come away with him. Oh, the dark cold nights and the storms of this life are gone for now. I recognize the signs of this season. The flowers appear for such a short time. The birds are singing such a lovely melody. The gentle cooing of the turtle dove is heard throughout the land. The sweet smell of grapes and figs are in the air. Here I sit, enjoying the beauty all around me. He calls to me again to arise and come away with him. My beloved knows me so well. Safely hidden in you am I, as a dove in the cleft of the rocks. Amazed am I at your request to hear my voice when we are alone together. How wonderful it is that you consider me beautiful. Oh, how I love to sing your praises. Whether there be distractions in this life or those that purposely attempt to draw me away from my beloved, it must be guarded against. Our relationship must not be undermined, for you are mine and I am yours. You nourish my soul in our quiet times. The day will come when we can be together forever, when the shadow of things to come fly away. Hurry to me, my beloved, my beautiful beloved. I know in my heart that you will always come for me, and not even the mountains will keep us apart. As I drifted off in slumber, the mountains that separated us made my heart uneasy. I walked to the city streets at night in search of my beloved. I looked for him everywhere, but could not find him. Those who guarded the city at night found me wandering the streets, and I quickly inquired of them in regards to my beloved. The guards were of little help, and I walked in the darkness for a great while. Continuing to trudge through the darkness, my heart still held hope of finding him. Is it? Could it be? Yes, it is the lover of my soul. I held him tight and would not let him go. Perhaps out of fear. No, out of love for him. I must declare him to the others. Look, it is my beloved. Do not provoke him or grieve his heart in any way, for he is precious to me. My mind races even now as I recall my dream. Oh, if only I had risen when he called, but I was too comfortable to arise. Who is this, they ask? The same dark one sent out to care for others, but now they speak of me with respect. However, I am no one of consequence. The beauty they see is not my own, but a reflection of him who loves me. I have become less like myself and more 
like him. Even his fragrance has infiltrated my being. Some love the fragrance, but sadly others have come to despise it. Look, the king has come for me. He comes surrounded by valiant men. He comes in all his royal splendor. He comes with a wedding crown. In him I can find rest. Go, look, the king has come with joy in his heart. No longer do I see myself through my own eyes, but through the eyes of my beloved. My unworthiness is now hidden by his worth reflected in me. Oh, the beauty you have instilled within now defines me. My long, thick black hair, a picture of consecration and submission to you. You compare my eyes to those of a dove who only has eyes for her mate. Our talks have left me with much to digest. My speech has been seasoned with grace that can only come from you as I meditate on all you have taught me. My heart is at peace within me. There is no war waged in my soul because I accept deep within that submission to you is a beautiful thing. You are ever close to my heart. Identification with your sufferings on my behalf make life bittersweet. But I hold on to an eternal future with you. For now the incense burns. May it be a lovely fragrance to you. Pure and white am I in you, my beloved. I am so thankful that others see your radiance of love within me. It far outshines fleeting youthful beauty, which you have bestowed that will one day wane. I adore you, my beloved. I adore you, my brother, my spouse. Where you go, I will follow. Leaving this world and all its comforts behind, for you are now my home. The refining process has transformed me into your image. Our communion is sweet. The living waters you pour out on my life have created a garden of fruits to your glory. My brother, my spouse, it is because of you there is beautiful fruit in the garden of my heart. The harvest is yours, and lovely it is that you share this abundance with others around me. We take pleasure in the feast of fragrant fruit. Entertaining has left me exhausted, in need of sleep. Finally, in the comfort of my bed, a knock at the door makes me stir. I had just laid my head on the pillow when I heard him call. Unable to rouse the desire to stand, I lay there long enough to hear him turn the latch. By the time I made my way to the door, my love had gone. He has suffered greatly on my behalf, and instead of opening my door to him, my soul has failed him. It is my worst nightmare come true. Again, I walk about the city in search of my beloved. The guards mock me and wound me. They say I do not deserve him. If you know where he is, please tell me. They took note of my passion for him, and it intrigued them enough to ask me about him. This was my opportunity to tell them about this man that they should come to know. My beloved is pure and white as snow. He is most precious to me. The royal crown shines of gold on his head. His eyes are not angry, but full of mercy and compassion. 
Just a glimpse of him leaves me refreshed in my soul. Every word from his lips are beautiful, right, and true, and bring healing to hearts that choose to listen. I am safe in his powerful hands of providence. He is filled with tender compassion and affection. He is majestic. He is strong and steadfast like a pillar of marble that will stand forever. For lack of more and better words to describe him, my beloved is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, and this is my friend. Others have seen the transformation in me as well. I am no longer offensive to them, but considered the fairest among women. The others and I went in search of him together. Early the next morning, he was in the garden, our usual meeting place. It was the last place we were together. Although I did not answer his call in the night, he has still returned to meet me, filled with compassion and forgiveness. Once again, he declares my beauty and compares it to an army with banners. What a terrible sight to behold. He sees something in me which I do not always recognize. Devotion to my beloved character and discretion have blossomed within me all because of him. Though there are many others of our acquaintance, his devotion is towards me. I spent some time in the garden inspecting the condition of the vine and the fruit. Much of the harvest had come in to ripen to maturity, filling the air with sweet smells. So much to learn, and yet so little time for two hearts to become one. The prince's daughter am I, a daughter of the king, empowered by his wishes and treading carefully, bringing him glory. As we grow closer, his strength shines in my weakness. Like the hands of a cunning workman, he forms me into a thing of beauty, tall and fruitful, overflowing with his living water. My eyes reflect the deep pools of thought he has caused me to drink from. My speech has become sweet and filled with his wisdom, causing others to awaken from slumber and listen intently. We went for a long walk through the field and spent time among the people of the villages. Early in the morning, while in the village, we spent time in the vineyards where we found all manner of pleasant fruits. I love him and he loves me. Oh, our intimacy of heart is difficult to bear at times with this veil between us. Your left hand should be under my head and your right hand embracing me. Promised to you as your bride, I await your arrival. It is on my heart that I would share of you to my sisters and brothers. I would lead you to my mother's home where we would learn more of you and meditate on your ways. Oh, there they come again, the infamous they. He urges you to not meddle in our relationship. Leave me alone. He will make everything that concerns me right in his time. Who is this, you ask, daughters of Jerusalem? It is the bride coming out of the wilderness, leaning on her bridegroom. I have been nourished under the apple tree, and his seal of approval is on my life. Our love is strong, and death will not part us. Be not jealous, 
for jealousy will swallow you up like hot coals of fire. This kind of love cannot be bought or sold. No matter what life will bring my way, I will stand in you. You are my hope and my salvation, and my heart will trust in you. True love cannot be destroyed. The garden of my heart has been blessed with fruit from your vines. You have tended them with love, and the increase is all yours. As I remain behind to care for your vineyard, beloved, strengthen me in your work. Oh, sister, when it is your turn to choose, do not be a door that swings open and shut. Resolve to be a wall that can be built upon. Doing so will bring you favor in his eyes. In this, I will ask my beloved to strengthen you in your resolve that you may find joy to overflowing as I. My heart cries out, No, don't go. Through the tears I know you must leave. I already long for your return. Return, oh, return to me quickly, my beloved. <laughs>